Mike, it's Blondie over here, you know, because it's some hitchhiker. He goes, right. my name's Mike. I, I'm Mike. Mike. No, I'm Mo my name. Mike. Connie Stanton. This is the Connie's home. That's a cool home. Yeah. Used to be Howard um, Johnson. Now, why is Mike with them? Because Mike has nowhere to go and they know it. He's Does like, he have his surfboard with him at least? Yeah, yeah. It's in the back of uh, right. Mike's, Mike's little Jeep here. So eventually they're going to go to the diner. Yep, yep, yep. All right, I'm ready. Here, a couple well, BS. Yeah, it's, um. what's the, tr Foster's. <laughs> there was an Australian comic at the Cove. I think his name's Eric Lydon. And uh -huh. he was making fun of it. We don't drink your, we, we don't drink Foster's because we think it's shit. He goes, we drank Budweiser. <laughs> what you blokes think is shit. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. So now they're, like, we're finding out, like, Connie and Ryder are great, great friends, and they work together a little bit. And, you know, he's a cop. And Mike is there for, um, you know, he's talking about surfing on the coast. And you know about surfing. And right now he's looking them up. But anyway. He looks like Robert Davi. By the way, he's totally bald. And because he wears the hat the whole time, I missed that the first time around. The second time I saw this film, his hat was off. And I was like, whoa, dude. Claire. <laughs> yeah, get a, get a. Get a, a toupee or something because, wow, dude. That's so cruel. Do you think the crew is like, hey, can you put your hat on? <laughs> I'm trying to light the scene. You see, this is 1987. If this was shot in 1997, then Ryder could have been bald. Just 100% shaven, and he right. wouldn't look cool like Bruce Maybe Will. Maybe he'll have a cool Australian goatee with the bald shaved, or maybe a neck beard, cool Australian neck yes. beard. Now, one thing I really liked about this film, he's like, Mike just coincidentally happens to know all sorts of stuff about engines, just because any Australian would, you know. Now, uh, Ryder's very suspicious of Mike, but Ryder's going to get his hand stuck in the machine, and Mike is going to save him. And that will be the first time that Ryder's like, maybe this bloke's yeah. all right. But on the other hand, maybe he's not. Yeah, the hand that didn't get stuck is still <laughs> suspicious. On one hand, I'm glad uh, Mike's here. On the other hand, who cares? Now, later we'll have a call back to this scene. And when Good. he comes back, he'll say, mind your hand, mate. <laughs> and so he won't get his hand. No, I okay. don't have the volume hand on, stopped. and I've never seen this movie, but it looks like Mike did that intentionally. Uh, no. He turned it on. At, at the request of Ryder. He's fixing uh, the, fixing his, me truck won't work. That's what Connie was all talking about. See, so see, he Ryder. saved him. Yeah. See what you have done. He it took me so Ryder. long to figure out that song. I thought it was C period, C period Ryder, like some dude. I didn't realize uh -huh. Elvis was telling the, the horseback Ryder. <laughs> <laughs> Elvis. Elvis. I had no idea it was Mrs. Cece. Cece, right. Right, Mrs. Cece. Why would anyone want a po poison sheep? Now, there's this whole thing about poisoning sheep. There he's bald. You see, how did I miss that the first time I ever watched it? Wow. Right, there he is, bald. On the cell phone game or something? 
You think you were on your cell phone at the time? I guess maybe because <laughs> I only ever saw he it with the hot. You could see the reflection off the bottles of his head. Now, Connie and Mike clearly are attracted to each other. And Ryder doesn't like it, but not from jealousy. He's not interested in Connie. But he doesn't super not like it. It, like, irks him. And it'll never play out and develop into anything in the plot, although it's totally implied in this scene and a few more coming. Yeah. Like, when he was getting out of the car, he said to Mike, you moaned yourself around Coney, right? You know? Yeah, look at that eye. So, <laughs> right now, Connie's like, such and such. And he goes, Ryder goes, but you are going to help me tomorrow, Connie. You promised. And he goes, I'm very busy. But he goes, Mike can do it. Now he's paired up with Mike. But Mike did just rescue his hand. So he's like, all right. He trusts him a little bit. It's kind of weird how he's just fallen into their lives. They don't say, what are your plans? Now he said, I've got this note. Here, turn it up. This okay. is when he's going to talk about it. By the way, are we doing a, a, a not a kill count, but a beer count? How many times they drink beer? Because this is the third time. It's her third beer. I'm doing I a Connie do. beer count. Okay. It's her third beer in this movie. Yeah, so yes. You can't really hear, can you? Oh, no, no. Because of their accents, I don't understand a word of it. Okay. Very funny. Okay. So, audience. What happens here is he's really explaining the, the backstory of are we underwater? I'm, I'm playing it. <laughs> you, you think the video is the only thing muddled in this, in this copy? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> ah, fuck it. You oh, I'm sorry, it. man. He gets, gets it. There's some funny stuff, but that's okay. We'll catch the next thing. What is you know your number count? Australian humor is like so dry to me. Like I could not understand the subtlety of Barry Humphreys. What is what is your time count? Okay. 1856. Okay. He's at a fire and she's like. See, her uh, foot's in the she's having past life experiences. Is he really? Turn it up. Turn it up. Okay. She's Cheryl, Grouchy. Fun to have Mark's getting on. Well, the funny stuff is her, like, past life experience stuff. So we'll see it next. Okay. Now they're in a room. The, her father passed away, and he was a cricketer. Cricketeer? Cricketer? This film... Three. What? He was one of three cricketeers. The three cricketeers? Now, this film was originally titled The Cricketeer. Cricketeer. Because it was about a... Uh, the film started as a story about a mythical cricketeer in outback Australia. The Robert Redford film The Natural seems to have been the inspiration. Whoa. So it went from the natural ripoff to a time-traveling outback adventure. Yeah, and the thing is, the, the script was pretty, uh, the script is pretty tight. I don't know how they switched it up in the middle. They must have had all the 
time so, travel stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that was the, the concept of this. So, so now Mike is bumping into a scrapbook in which we're going to learn this backstory that Ryder killed his son by mistake. He was playing a cricket game and he hit the, the cricket ball, hit him in his chest and he killed his own son by mistake. It was, it was son slaughter. I can't believe he's reading it out loud. Well, you know, he, we are listening, so. And also, I can't believe Ryder has a scrapbook of the time he killed his baby with a cricket ball. Somehow, Connie is in Ryder's life. I don't get how. Maybe he's an uncle. So it now there's flashback. Ryder. He's a tortured soul. He killed his own son. Now he's a rough and tough cop in the outback where nobody, you know, he doesn't know a lot of people, you know. Oh, a diner. Rock and roll. Wait, is this a flashback? No, this is the diner closing for the night. We were hearing a crowd oh. of diner people, a uh, bar people. Do you remember in the movie Easy Money, Joe Pesci and Rodney Dangerfield got so high that they had to eat something, but not the wedding cake in the back of their van? So they pull <laughs> up to a diner and it, the lights go out and the diner says open 23 hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to see that film again because I remember loving it. Well, they wind up eating the wedding cake, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Dingo. Dingo! That's did where he's Dingo. supposed to meet. Wait, did the Dingo kill his baby? Population 20. No, he killed the baby. Yeah, uh, that's what he, he hits the kid with the baseball and he goes, Oh, uh, Dingo kill baby! Dingo! <laughs> it's not a baseball, it's a cricket. Don't you know how the game plays? Cricket ball. You want to play grasshopper? I mean, I mean, cricket. cricket. Hello. It's American right. football. Now okay. he's going to go into the store. Uh, and we're going to meet a not funny guy. Who's going to do this up? not funny thing about how much he hates dust. Go ahead if you want. It's yeah, not a funny So he thinks that like this dust mite is dust. He's like all wrong, and he's going to get straightened out later when this professor type shows up. He has a picture of a dust mite above his produce. Yes. Now, that sounds funny on paper, but believe me, this guy does not pull it off. So Ryder has sent him here. You remember that that piece of the poison label that he found? Yeah, that's he right. I remember that. Oh, he's so going he to wants... the local emporium. Right. Trace this. Who bought this? Where was it purchased? You know, from your store or whatever. That's cool. I didn't realize this is a procedural. Now think about how Wild West it is, right? The cop doesn't do it. He sends some kid he just met from right. hitchhiking. It is Wild Westy. Punk okay, rock. so there's a company called Valhalla Presents. And they had a like a string of cinemas. And they made a bunch of films. Now, the guy who directed this name's Barry Peak, and the guy who produced it, his name is Chris Keeley, or okay. it's Kylie, but I think it's I Keeley. saw Kylie, yeah. So it's K-I-E, just like in your name, Spiegelman, it's E sound, Keeley. If this is German-derived, I don't know. So anyway, they made a film, Future Schlock. They made huh. a film called Channel Chaos that they hated, so they didn't release it. 
they made the big hurt and they made this as time goes by and this was the final film wow so I they had the a big easy. run of making some money but this yeah. film didn't work it's funny they had a disowner film the big hurt i re i prefer the big easy carl uh-huh that's right it was easier yeah didn't hurt as much it was more of an escapist film than the big hurt <laughs> <laughs> i got dust they go blah, blah 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 oh wait oh yeah there's the dust fucking youch dust times hundred thousand magnification you think he was like a good television actor who just got himself a role uh well no. Okay, his Don't name is John Bridges, and um, he was a the dust obsessed Outback storekeeper. Born in 1950 in Melbourne, uh, he's known for three. But look, look how current this is. Troll Bridge 2019. I mean, he's still wow. out there doing it. Judy and Punch 2019. Oh, Button, I know that movie. 2021. You do? Judy and Punch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I gotta put. I gotta remember to watch that movie. I wanted to see it. Instead of Punch and Judy, it's Judy and Punch. Very funny. Let me try to look that up too. Judy and Punch, twenty nineteen. We're we're I'm getting it off a title. Okay, so now he shouldn't walk in there. Well, he's a cop. Who's, oh. I know, I know, but he's got his balls about him. So he oh, goes. So in, should we say privates? <laughs> Now, what's that, Mike? That's the poison it is. Now, here comes a guy in spurs. Right, Wild this West. L.J. Weston. And he'll play heavily into our film. L.J. Weston. Look, he tracks weather. So it is a Western. It's a Weston. Yeah. Weston. Weston. L.J. Yeah, Weston. His, the actor's name is Ray Barrett, and he had a little bit of fame, but... As you might imagine, we wouldn't relate to any of it because it's no. all in Australia. And he was in the troubleshooters in England from 65 to 71. Oh, man. He was, you know. Oh, he was the first actor put under contract for Australian Broadcasting Corporation drama selection. What? What? I'll tell you how I found this film. I found it purely through YouTube. I was looking I for films. And this popped up, and I looked up it up on IMDb, and I saw the poster as well, and I said, "Oh, this sounds cool. Let's do it." Yeah, you were also hitting me up. I had to get I had to get a, something in, but this one looked well. Like, this never... is a good film uh, in the end. Um, oh, it's done well, and it's a good choice. It doesn't fit with your theme of. Um, I don't have a theme of bad movies. Of, yes, you do. You read about <laughs> them when they were, you were young, and you couldn't see them, and you always remember yeah. them. But now, thanks to YouTube, <laughs> well, to be honest, this, this movie came out during our youth in '88, and uh, it was definitely like to be accessible in the United States. This definitely had to been a video cassette. Right. This was never released theatrically in the U.S. And the video release, I think I have it here. Oh, yeah, only on VHS. But what year was it? 1989. This right. was out on VHS. But I don't think it was bought in the American market. The film was never distributed there. Crazy. I guess I don't know about the VHS. Maybe it was. I I had mentioned uh, there's a documentary on the Australian exploitation film industry called uh, not 
not from Hollywood, uh-huh. where where they discuss how like Barry's Humphreys and Mad Max generated this this maverick industry. industry. Yeah, and they would make these crazy exploitation films. We actually this was right before you joined the show, Carl. But we watched an early one, which is no longer on YouTube, called uh-huh. Turkey Shoot, which okay. was kind of like a battle royale. And include a werewolf eat, who eats toes. And in the documentary, they're like, "Yeah, that was a low point." But you know, they were just anything goes in these films. They would shoot. Should I see Turkey Shoot? Yeah, maybe. Should should, well, let's see if Turkey Shoots on at the end of the show. I'll see if Turkey Shoots on, and then we'll do it as a future episode. Okay. We already have a movie pick for next week, so if the okay. audience would like to know, you have to watch, listen to our show, and then we'll mention it at the end. Yeah, for the big reveal. Everyone's on the edge of our seat. I'm they're writing about us on the Huffington Post. Oh, on the HuffPo? So is this Thelma Louise you uh Aussie no. version? No. no. Grouchy no, this and is Grouchy and past life experiences lady. Oh, their van broke down. Is what is this? Yeah, uh, their Max van Edward. broke down and they're not gonna be able to get out of there for a while, and that's how they're gonna fit into our plot. Now, this guy is crazy scientist guy. Somehow he found out that there's aliens here. This is Weston. No, no. This is a guy named James McCauley, which is a boring name for a film. And um, he's like an alien-obsessed mad professor type. He has some awful job at a tracking station. And this is his way to get famous, is to find an alien. So he'll be set up as our bad guy. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Now, this is the guy we saw in the beginning of the film who saw right. the spaceship crash. He's finally approaching it? Yes. He, he's going to go up to it. He's going to hear the sounds of a crowd inside, and then he's going to run away scared. He's seeing it for the first time. Oh, I would definitely pull from my bottle on that one. As a squeak, 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 doctor, squeak. As a professional doctor. Nobody will get that but you and me. It looks closed. Budweiser. Oh, exotic beer. You love fan in you. We don't drink Folsters, mate, because we think it's shit. <laughs> we drink Budweiser. Which you think is shite. Right, shite. Oh my God, there's background sound effect noises playing. Oh, well. This isn't skull drinkery. I'm not having a drink. You're right. I'm here to do some skull duggery. Okay, now, for the first time. We see his shirt off. Right. Now, even though his shirt off is off like that and he looks like that, she's still interested. It's You know, there wasn't a lot of people to pick from. Uh, all right, Carl. Yeah, I guess you're picky, right? What, he has, he has pointy elbows, huh? <laughs> yeah, like there's no definition. Like there's no <laughs> fat, but at the same time, I don't see abs. This is a yeah. guy who hasn't done a crunch in his life. Yeah, right, yeah, throw away. And those off oh, the bottom of his ribs, gross. I can gross. think about what a skeleton looks like. You're killing me. <laughs> I wish but I Connie looked doesn't good. Care and Connie's going to kiss him right now. 
Okay, come on, All come right, on. Get ready. It, come on. Kids are ready. All right, the flies are not in your face. Now, Kiss. in Australia, this guy was very famous. Okay, this guy was name is uh, his name is Nick Needles, and it's N I Q U E. So it's like Nicky Needles or something. Ooh. He was in The Boy Who Had Everything, Kimono, Shout, The Story of Johnny O'Keefe. We wouldn't know this stuff, but she would. So she was kissing a famous person. If she will do the interview with me, one of the things I'm going to ask her was, how exciting was it to kiss Nikki Needles? Come on now. Come on. Barrel. Barrel. Oh, look at that. The picture, the ghosts in the picture. Yeah. That's why I was saying, like, this is a pretty good film. Like, they really tried hard. And I don't know. It's. It it isn't pretty, but we're watching a VH copy, VHS copy. I'm sure it looks gorgeous this sunset. Probably. And, yeah. And all the outback desert sure. scenes, you know. The blooming onions. <laughs> yeah. That's where the blooming onions are good. They they aborigines chop them and with machetes and harvest the blooming onions. Look how that, I don't know if that's honest. Look how low that, that moon cannot be that big. No, I'm sure they got the right angle and I'm sure the original shot had it not cropped either. Now, she is not wearing a top, but we really don't get to see anything. We certainly don't see areola, but I had my fingers crossed. And the thing is, every time I watch this film, I cried really hard, but no, no, she's <laughs> not topless. Whoa! See, oh, see, yeah, yeah, she threw that in there. Perfect. You, you tried it, really hard. It's a hundred percent covered, and she did it in a flash. Perfect. So your problem with this guy is that he's too easy on your eyes. He's too easy on your eyes. I don't really have. A, okay, did you almost see it? Oh, her elbow right. caught it, and then the blanket cut it. I really don't have a problem with him. I was just trying to make you laugh. No, now, no, you did. You did. He pulls out the, you know, he's going to say, like, what's this story? <laughs> he killed his son. And she's oh, like, my God. And she's like, don't killer. bring it up to him. You know, he's very sensitive. But the very next scene we see, he's going to bring it up to him. You just had sex. Hey, <laughs> is it true your roommate killed his baby? What a buzzkill. See, he hurt his hand from the accident. Oh, it was recent. Well, he was, you know, he was helping him fix the... Yeah, end. right. Oh, his hand. That's right. On the other hand. I liked it. He goes, can you fix the engine? And he, and Mike was like, sure. Like, he just happens to know how to fix an engine. Everyone, everyone from then would. Yeah, right. He goes, well, I didn't know, know you were a cop. In Road Warrior, they all had to learn how to drive... Uh, Build engines. Yes, they did. Yeah. Or take prisoner people who did know how. I'm sorry. I meant Mad Max 2. Did I say Road Warrior? I meant to say uh, Mad It's um, Thunderdome. That's Mad Max 3. Oh, oh, oh. You see, in Europe, the Road Warrior was a sequel to a very popular film that wasn't, was a more of a cult film in the United States. Uh-huh. Should I see so, it? It's called The Road Warrior. You, you've already seen it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. They I've seen the all the Mad Max films, so I guess I did. You saw the last one, right? From with Formosa. I don't know. It had uh, blood bags. Oh, yeah, with um, 
Yeah, her. Charisse Theron. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was terrible. Terrible. Awful. You don't think it was the best movie of 2010s? I don't know. I don't All think right. it was a good movie. Interesting. And I don't believe her as that tough character and 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 uh, is okay, he looking for well, a diner? Here's our professor, and he's gonna lie that he's looking for meteorites. Okay, oh, no. why don't you listen this time? Their interaction's a little funny, especially when he shows him it's not a that's not dust. There's no incidents here. Okay, well, this, this is okay, funny. It reminds me of uh, that Mick Jagger movie we watched where he goes into the Brazilian store to tell I'm him Mick that. Mick Jagger. Yeah. And he's right. like, oh, Julio Iglesias? He's like, no, Mick Jagger. Oh, Julio Iglesias. Turn it up, turn it up. It's a louse? So he's like finds out that he's got the story wrong about dust. But he made posters and all that shit. Yeah, and he, you know, he thought dust was the louses. He finds out like dust is particulate matter, pet dander, human flakes of skin. It is microscopic, but it's not. Oh no, alas, poor Skull uh, Oric. Oh, he's up. Alas, poor Oric. Oric. Uric. Uric. I knew him. I, oh, clearly, I knew I him. Horatio. I knew him. How can you tell us Horatio? From his skull tattoo, it's still on there. His head tattoo. Face so tattoo. he mentioned Joe Bogart, the, the drifter guy, you know, the skull collector guy. It was like, oh, and it was, and it came down, and then Joe Bogart, and so Mike, that's who gave him the letter. Joe Bogart goes, "What did you say, Joe?" I can't believe we're a half hour to this film and you haven't done a Bogart joke. The, okay, this Joe Bogart character doesn't really speak. He uses like old movie phrases. Really, I think we should turn the sound up for this entire scene. Okay. Now, I told you this film was good, and this is one of the reasons. This is one of the scenes. Blink, blink, blink. So he speaks in movie phrases. Now you see how he's connected to the ship. Yeah. Nice sound effect to it. Now keep this sound up because you didn't hear it before because you wandered off. He's going to say the movie phrase. 
It really is extremely popular in in uh, Australia. I don't mind if you don't like my manners. I don't like them myself. I think he's Groucho Marx right now. So can I tell you how '80s this movie is, with the sense of irony about the previous generation and you know its pop culture influence, and then he regurgitates it, and that's ironic. Yeah, and we're. It's always like 20 years prior or 30 years prior. And yeah, made previous. That note before. But it's also like at the 80s, people were looking at a lot of stuff from the 50s and, you know, the movies from the 40s yes, and stuff. Yes. And putting it in a new context. Oh, Carl, oh, I should plug well, something from the, the yeah. story about how the power capsule fell off. And he wants Mike to go get it, essentially. Jesus, does, can Mike just surf? Must he fix everybody's shit? Well, he's got a letter that was 20, 25 years ago telling him to come here today. Now, oh, to help out. We're, yeah, we're going to learn now about time travel. And I want you to not turn the sound off when we. <laughs> okay. Leave it. Leave it. Leave it now? I got it. And then I can take a pee break, right? No, Mike. Okay, now. Now he says he's from a constellation. Okay, look at the time. Okay. Crash. He's killing himself. This is crazy. Now it gets even worse. Check this out. <laughs> now look, you've got a little time thing, which is a shaker for a bar. Uh huh. And he turns it back a minute. We'll still have Paris. Everything is fine. It's a minute it's earlier. It's 10.25. A minute before everything went bad. My favorite judge back in one piece. Your hand. Curiously on off. Curious. Oh, it's 10.26 again. I swear to This is pretty cool. Okay, so well, now he's going to tell him what he wants him to do. Now, does that make sense? This is in the future. I'm trying to process it. Oh, okay. You can turn this sound off now. So... Now he, he's going to get his first lead on this meteorite, which is really an alien ship. That guy over there goes, it fell from the sky. This is a little funny because he's insulting them right to their face for being like hay seeds and primitive. You know, he's from the coast. He's flying like right. Sydney or Melbourne. Now, the woman sitting there is going to get mad at him and punch him in the face. 
This happens, so it's like a New Jersey bar. I guess, yes. So they're going like, you like science? You should see J.L. Weston. He tracks the weather, he does. Now, there he hears, it fell from the sky. Oh, perfect. What a coincidence. Out cold. Out cold. Is he drinking a beer now? Yeah, Budweiser. Okay, so Mike's on four drinks. Oh, okay, okay. You're doing the beer count. So, okay, Connie's not the one to count. Mike is, would be okay. There's less beer than you think, but maybe I'm, I didn't pay attention. Well, I mean, they had a beer when they got to the house. They had a beer over dinner. Uh, they had another beer. Now mm -hmm. he's having a Budweiser here. So that's four. Yeah. So now it's essentially, I got to get my ship mobile again, but I can't do it until I get my whammy jammy thing. So I want you to go out there and get my whammy jammy thing. I like this diner. There's like seats for two and that's it. <laughs> so he says that the last time he was here, he was, he helped them in Los Alamos with the atom bomb, the Manhattan Project. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm missing all his uh, banter. Stuff. And then later, Cheryl will say, I saw him in Los Alamos at Joe Bogart's diner or bar. Maybe it's bar. I guess they're in a bar, not a diner. Uh, yeah, that could be a grill. A bar and grill? Yeah, you never see a grill alone. There's always a bar and a grill. Right. I guess a restaurant is a grill, Joe's Grill. Joe's Grill. And bar. Joe would be like, no, it's Joe's Bar and Grill. So now he just gave him a note. It's a little map that it's drawn where the power thing is. But it's in the handwriting, although we don't know it yet, of Ryder. Oh, really? Yeah, and now he's telling him, Look out for J.L. Weston. He might try to kill you, kid. Just like he tried to kill Ryder or something like that. That's but he's crazy. warning him against J.L. Weston. He'll try to kill you. This is crazy. Maybe I should listen. I want to be alone. Yeah. He's great walking around that room with the wire attached to him. The camera yeah, got it all. His name is Joe Bogart in this film, and in real life, he's Max Gillis. Now, again, he's got he was on all these kind of credits, but we wouldn't appreciate them. Yeah, Blue Healers in '94, Dick Down Under in '75, Stork in '71. He's a founding member of the 1970s experimental theater company, the Australian Performing Group. Now, if you and I grew up in Australia, we'd go, whoa, blimey. Yeah, <laughs> Crikey. I would, yeah, it's I would drop in. my blooming onion. It's yeah. that guy from the experimental theater. Oh, he's guided Joey. Oh, look, there it is. Here. King of Gears. Yeah, that's King of the Gears. power thing. Oh, here comes a nondescript beer truck. Well, this is our scientist guy. He All has right. brought with him a sort of little lab in the back. Now he's like, 
he knows that there was a meteorite land or you know an alien or whatever so he's talking to himself like you know like screw you professor something i'm not crazy you know and talking about his um what do you think about that technique of opening up a package of donuts while driving <laughs> with one <laughs> hand or did he use two i didn't pay attention he used his teeth to rip the plastic off and then he then he squished the donut out of the hole so now he confronts jl weston and it is some pretty funny dialogue he lets it out by mistake that it's not a meteorite it's a ufo and so weston is like trying to, he's got the same dreams of glory this guy has he'll get a nobel prize if he discovers aliens i do like the fact that this film is doesn't really have a central character that we are kind of switching around because usually a film like this would just be a Follow focused on right yeah anything well, scientific happens around here i know about it best western Wait, his name is J.L. Weston. Are you thinking of the Best Western Hotel? Sure. Great hotel. Best bed bugs in the industry. Now, what he's doing now is he's prattling on about the ozone layer. He's obviously a stupid person who doesn't understand, right? right. So the professor's playing along. He's going, yeah, we could help each other. I... They're clearly attacking the ozone layer. We could we could stop that together. Now turn it up because he goes the UF up. Oh, it's too late. He got caught. UFOs. 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 Aliens. Aliens. Wandering around out there trying to make contact. No, no, no. Aliens. We need a contact. J.L. Weston is stupid and not stupid at the same time. Carl, his, his office is in his barn. Yes. So, this is the first person that he respects, you know. He, he knows he's a cop. He's asked him for help to trace a label, etc., now we're going to find out essentially that it was purchased. The poison was purchased by J.L. Weston. Well, why is Western poisoning the other farms? I don't know, Mike. I don't know. I never caught it. Is this the, I saw it three times. You, I never. I don't know. Regarding the lamb poisoning, you would know. So let's go ask you. <laughs> okay, right? listen. You, you you go ahead. It's a good time. Because not much is going to happen for, you know, don't be gone forever, but not much is going to happen. I have more respect to the audience than just to get up and pee. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. So I'll keep talking to you. I don't know. What can I tell you about this film? I, just, I think I covered the filming locations, uh, but I'll just be specific. Broken Hill, New South Wales. Uh, three weeks around Broken Hill, they filmed. Uh, in Melbourne, they were at MFP Studios, which was Melbourne Film Studios. It was uh, owned by Valhalla, which makes sense. They're also in Silverton, and I mentioned this small village is featured in Mad Max. Is that interesting? I'm not sure. So now Weston is saying... 
yeah, I bought that poison, but it was stolen from my uh, barn, and I can take you to the people who stole it. The film was released at the Valhalla in Melbourne and at the Brighton Bay on 9th of September, 1988. It turned up later in Sydney with the season at the Valhalla from December 24th to the 3rd of February, 89, opening the 13th of January at Walker's Cinema in North Sydney. That's it. That was its little tour, okay? And... It went away. They couldn't sell it to the United States. There was some European territories. Let's see. Italy and Germany showed an interest. Sale to the U. Okay, so I'm not sure if it actually played there. They showed an interest. So this was their fourth and final film that they made together as director and producer for Valhalla. It just fell apart. This film sunk them. And it's not clear why. They spent a lot of money on it. Okay, so now Mike is showing up with Ryder's map looking for the Budweiser thing, the power to the ship. But it won't be there. So Mike is now going from Ryder's map to where the power thing is. But it's King not there. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. But for some reason, he puts two and to get two together and he knows that Cheryl has it. Now, like I said, I saw this third three other times. I I don't know how he knows it. But Cheryl, the past lives woman, has it. Look how pretty. Right. Gorgeous. Picture perfect. I need to put a image over it. I need to write some text over it and send it as an image. Yeah, I right. <laughs> I do is inspirational uh jpegs i take pictures of australian outback sunsets and then i write a a, a gaudy quote over it gaudy fun <laughs> hang Be, in there hang in there it's uh, almost friday <laughs> if it doesn't defeat you it makes you teamwork uh, makes the dream works makes the teamwork no <laughs> teamwork makes the dream work <laughs> what's gonna work teamwork <laughs> Carl, there's no work in I. <laughs> yeah, there's no work in I. That's good. All right, so they are uh, just negotiating, even though Cheryl. Good, I'm glad okay. Cheryl's involved. Yeah, but it's unex it's not explained why she is involved. Now, we will see her go get it and find it and take it. But how in the world could Mike have known that? Did we see, did we as the audience see that scene? I don't think we see it yet. We will see it. This is a time travel movie. Gotcha. So yeah. right now, Weston has some sort of lead on the aliens and he goes, you wait here. And I don't really get it. They're both going after. Carl, I'd like to tell you a time travel Knock, knock joke, if I may. Okay. Knock, knock. Who's there? Dwayne the bathtub. I'm drowning. Did you say Dwayne who? Dwayne who? Dwayne. Sorry, I went back in time. I screwed up the entire joke. <laughs> I don't get it. Okay, now look, her foot is in the fire. 
And he's That's like, what they do. Your, your foot is burning. And she goes, which one? Oh, yeah, your foot's on fire. Oh, you have captions? I do have captions. And they're actually being coherent. They're very closed. Closed captions? Okay, now all we're going to see is this, this long segment here, and all we're going to see is that the Budweiser power thing is starting to charge up. And that's in their van? Is that what we're seeing? Yes, yeah, it's, it's Cheryl found it. She would wear it around as a hat, or maybe that's to come. It's in the van, that's right. Sure. Now, there are taglines that kind of make, don't make sense. <clears throat> one of the taglines is, well, actually, there's only two taglines, and one doesn't make sense. He goes, we're not just talking aliens, we're talking Australian. Okay, that rhymes, Australian alien. Right, but the thing is, only Joe Bogart's an alien, so it doesn't make sense. But as an American who's going to either pick this or, I don't know, Cliffhanger. Oh, it's the no, right book for the poster, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the tagline is, the fundamental things don't necessarily apply. I don't. <laughs> okay, so they're biting as off the song. As time goes by. Yeah. The fundamental things apply. Okay, so they went and titled their film after that famous song, and they found out that, okay, so he's got a lead. He thinks that Mike is an alien, or Mike knows about the aliens. So he just bonked Mike over the head and abducted him and put him into... Western narrator. Right, um... Rider. The science, no, the science, writer's our friend, the scientist guy named James McCauley. Okay, McCauley, bowtie guy. Bowtie guy, let's call him that. Now, here's J.L. Weston, also after Mike, because he knows he had contact with the aliens, they think. So he's asking Connie, where is he? Tell him to call me. Weston's more direct, he doesn't bonk people on the head. <laughs> That's right. Uh -oh. Now, okay, as time goes by, 1931, Herman Humpfeld's song, made famous after its appearance in well, Casablanca, originally quoted at 5,000 for use in Australia, but then it was discovered that for world rights, it would be $100,000. This might explain why they did not distribute this film. That's a really good point, because we should mention that the As Time Goes By theme has been co-opted by... Warner Brothers Communications, Time Warner Discovery. Yeah, yeah, for the logo. Yeah, for the logo at the beginning of the movies when they show the, the their studio in Burbank or what have you. And then they yes. have, uh, like, every TV show that's produced by Warner Brothers uses that at the end. So if you're watching a show, right, doesn't it, like, the credits roll and they go, buh, buh, at buh, the buh. beginning. At yeah, the at the beginning. beginning. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a definitely, it's like saying uh, <clears throat> Windows startup music, the movie. You know, like everyone knows yeah. it. Yeah. Now we will hear it at the end of this film. Uh, we know that we're watching the Australian version of the film. The song is heard in the Australian version of the film, but even then only for one verse as it quickly gives way to music by the other composers because the rights were priced on the basis of each 30 seconds minutes of usage. That is and crazy. then the music disappeared in the overseas prints, which was Italy and Germany. So that means that they didn't have the rights to do it, so they did it for 30, less than. It's 
It, you'll hear it at the end. Okay. We're not playing it. I can't afford that money. Understood. $5,000 for 30 seconds? Fuck that. Australian dollars? The hell From 1988? The hell with that. <laughs> so he's got Mike prisoner now. And Okay. These two are like J.L. Weston's thugs. And we saw them at the beginning when Ryder was shooting at them. Not shooting at them. He was only shooting at the poison. Um, so now they're excited about the ozone layer and they want the presentation, even though they've seen it 15 times. So let's turn up the sound. Sure. Let's give a good lesson. Listen to the lesson. Right. Uh, um, Prince Anzo's fallen there. Suddenly, Kaiser is Yes. He's like, can we see the presentation? He wants to hear the speech. Advertise. Get angry if he doesn't hear the speech. All right. All right. This the is cows. how you know Weston is dummy and not a dummy. They look at the sheep, it's part of the presentation. presentation you flick the sheep. He goes, he hates they're not natural animals. Cows will come. He doesn't love him, but you loves him. Yeah, I get it. Now look, he's going to swipe a cow. Sold. Okay. So now, I'm sold. Mike has gotten some sort of truth serum bullshit, and uh, he's going to find out that Cheryl's got the power supply to the spaceship. So our, you know, bowtie guy is getting close. Look at his bald spot, man. Yeah, not so bad. I don't know why he tied Mike. Has to keep tying Mike up. Who are you working for? He goes, I'm on the dole. Yeah, right. I came to find me father. So he's frustrated, but eventually he is going to learn. Is it? Oh, so Mike's got the letter and he's going on walkabout because he wants to find his father? Right. He got a letter from Joe Bogart, said like something like, if you want to meet your dad, meet me at this bar in you know this in the city of dingo whatever it was so that's what brought him here gotcha now he says he's from the sirius constellation and that upsets me because a constellation is a group of stars it doesn't make sense nobody's from a constellation when you look at a constellation in the sky right it appears two-dimensional but that's just your perception the truth is one is 25 
million light years further away and another is eight million light years closer you know there's no such you can't live in a constellation right so you can't it's not like there's much serious you live in there i mean why so serious right why so i mean it's australian so it might have been yahoo <laughs> but why so serious oh yeah big shout out to yahoo serious whatever now, look cheryl's wearing it now the yahoo serious movies were good right yeah, i'm not saying right. this is bad actually yeah let me take that back this film's okay it's not high budget but it's it shot is good. 16 millimeter and they blew it up to 35 that's why it looks a little that's pretty cool that explains mm -hmm. why there's somebody sitting in the van right now shooting the movie <laughs> 16 millimeter camera i'm in the passenger seat let's go so they sent he sent his thugs off to find where a uh, bowtie guy is because he knew as he ran off and captured an alien he just knows it you know and so they figured out the only thing that drove by is must be him right now you see how the horse has his head in there because he was embarrassed he didn't he had a speaking role he had a speaking role yeah but he couldn't do it the day they actually shot why not he was hoarse that day. So there's Ryder. He notices the girls coming. But he doesn't know they're the ones that dump Mike off. That's right. He doesn't know. But he takes note of it. Look, she wears the hat, like a hat. And she's tank. being all hippy-dippy right now. No tank girl. Do you, you ever see the movie Tank Girl or read the comic strip uh, Tank Girl? No, I know exactly what you're talking about. No, I never did. Either the movie's movie. not as good. The, the comic strip's a trip. There was It was started in the 90s, and it's basically the guy who did Gorillaz, the, the, the pop band. Okay. I don't know but, that either. Okay. I'm old. Yeah. Well, it's 90s. Young and hip. Yeah, okay. It's in the 90s? Okay. Yeah. I missed it. The future is going strong. Hey, lady, Clint Eastwood, <laughs> uh, you got us thing. That's though. I know that song, Clint yeah. Eastwood. That it was a cartoon video in there. Oh, I never saw the video. I just heard it on Pandora. Ah. Uh. Okay, now we're about to discover that. Hey, Mike is missing. Here's the convi, convi, whatever they call it that he was driving around. The key is still in it. And then Ryder's going to find a note. And it's clearly, it's a map in his own handwriting, and it's not going to make sense. The writer got a Hummer that was uh, off the side of the road. It's not a Hummer. <laughs> he now pulled look. over and got a Hummer. I got you. <laughs> uh, Cheryl was in, uh, her name's Deborah Force, and she was in this film. She was in Future Schlock, which was also done by these guys. And she was in Salt, Saliva, Sperm, and Sweat in 1988. So I immediately looked that up. Uh -huh. And it's like some short film. It's an experimental film. It doesn't really well, happen. Future Shock was this pop culture book about, like, I don't know, the future and the shock. And it, it, it became like a little cultural phenomenon. So that I actually looked up Future Schlock because uh -huh. I, I love the, the, the pun. I've seen it for years. 
And I said, oh, there's a movie called Future Slock. But I don't know why I passed on it. I thought this looked more interesting. Well, yeah, these guys did that film. And also, uh, Deborah, you know, Cheryl was in it. And it's not in front of me right now, but there was another one of these actors who was in it. So they were all clicky. Clicky together. Okay, so now... J.L. Weston is like, hey, fuck you, man. I know you got some alien. You, you look, you know, we have a contract, okay? You and me are partners here. It's going to be our Nobel Prize. Poor Mike. Oh. He, got, he had to fall over. Yeah, I hate that. Like when you're in an ambulance and they stop short. I do. Yeah, right. It happens to me all the time <laughs> in the ambulance. Um, they, they, You ever have a dream and you're falling and that makes you wake up? Mike just did. <laughs> It's just about the kisser, too, in his dream. So we know he's going to open up the door and find Mike. But guess what? He doesn't. Mike has escaped. How did he escape? Well, when he fell over, he kind of got knocked over. Right. And, but we didn't see him uh, open up. When he fell over, it I don't know, it jostled his straps. He was able to... Now, remember the, he doesn't know J.L. Weston's name. He's not here from here, right? right? But he sort of knows the name of the brothers or whatever. So when he got that caution from Joe Bogart, like he's going to be watching, later, in, later he'll put two and two together. You see, he really snuck out of the van and he's hiding in the brush. He goes, this bloke's found something. He knows about the aliens. You follow him back to town. Oh, cool. I never realized you could get like a motorcycle and then like the, the sidecar and then the guy uh -huh. in the sidecar could have a rifle. Yeah, that's riding shotgun. Which is actually from a stagecoach, right? It's not from a... Yeah, no, it's not from those little motorcycle things. I thought it would be better to say, like, catching fly spot. And they're like, no, you're holding the shotgun. I know there's flies that hit you from the carriage ride, but, you know, that's a given. <laughs> the only phone, right, in the Outback? Oh, no, no, yeah. they're in a more. No, you're probably right. It's probably, maybe it's not the only phone, but if you want a public phone, that's where yeah. you're going. Okay, so because of Mike, he knows about the power source from the ship, and he knows that Cheryl has it. And there they are. Well, this is that lady in the bar who punched. Oh, uh, wow. She's trying to help them fix their car or something. But science guy is picking up all sorts of radioactivity. He's looking for the power supply. Boo! Now, this is a woman who punched him. Right. But he doesn't seem to mind. He doesn't act like she's going to do it again. Where are the ladies who own this van? Well, the past life. Uh, she was in the Queen of the Nile. Right. You're right about that. She's saying stuff like that. Yeah. Take that, moneymaker. Well, Mike was abducted, and now he gets away. Now He's going on a runabout. 
he's on a not a walkabout. He's on a runabout. A jogabout. He's heading towards the ladies. The ladies. No, he's not. They're they're in the town, far away. Um, she's picking up the com V. Right. Whatever. She's playing through. Playing through. <laughs> the cricketier. Okay, there's our glitches from the video. Did you cool. see it? Yeah. yeah. She's really concerned that Mike is missing. Now, you're right. It's science guy. He knows that the uh, um, crown is nearby, the power supply. He starts to drive, and then he catches the girls, and he goes, whoa, and turns around. <laughs> it's only like seven people in this area. Yeah, it's real Wild West in a way without the killing. Right. Yeah, there hasn't been much killing in this movie other than the knife play. Yeah, and he didn't die. No. Crack a crack a crack a crack a that that's it the helmet. Crack ding, crack ding, ding, crack ding. So they found him, and now it's trying to, uh, you know, like he found the blokes who are poisoning the sheep, and the guy was wearing spurs, and uh, I gotta find Cheryl before the bow tie guy does. She's like he's like pouring out the plot. You know, the next steps for Act 3 uh, to those two. Now watch. He finds the crown and bonk! The he hits her with what? The, the Richter beeper? Oh, wow, he really knocked yeah, it. I just always thought of it as some blunt object. Yeah, like his spare billy club? Like you yeah, have your, right, your, right, right. your blackjack? <laughs> yeah, your blackjack. Right, exactly. Yeah. good for bonking guys on the head okay so this thing is in his place so the machines are freaking out because it has whammy it's radioactive yeah whammy jammy detecting high levels of whammy jammy <laughs> exactly because like radiation if that's what they're saying okay so look claymation wow. stop motion yeah this is where their budget went they yeah. went to they went to pukas art uh yeah, the guys who did this um, special effects, it's Peter Stubbs and Peter Armstrong, two Peters, and also a guy named Jeff Little and Brian Pierce. They're credited with the space special effects, time travel zaps, the crash landing of the alien bar. It was Pucus, Pucus Arts and Magic did all the special effects. Pucus. He goes, that's J.L. Weston. Nobody pushes J.L. Weston around. But our yes, bow tie guy did because he now has the everything. Power. Yep. Yes. And he's now giving his like Nobel Prize thank you speech. And he goes, I want to thank my mother. And he goes, No, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, yeah. Oh, he's funny. He's much better than Morbi Morbius because Morbius declined his Nobel Peace Prize. Is Morbius from the Marvel thing? Yeah. So yeah, this okay. movie of last year, Carl. Did he decline it? Okay, now <laughs> they are going to stop. We got to do our Razzies episode. They're yep. going to stop him, but whoa, but Bowtie Guy's not going to be stopped. 
this is crazy. They're driving wildly in the Australian outback and they're making a movie out of it. I never, who Mike, knew? That was pretty badass. He went over a trench. He did? Well, you know, the, the roads here have trenches so that the rain, you know, doesn't stay on the road. But the thing is, what rain? What rain? That's what oh, kills dude. me. Yeah, but once the rain hits, you'll be lucky, happy they were there. The rain will last a half day. Bang, pow, pull over, bloke. Pull over, mate. <laughs> Dude, this should be in the, the movie poster. Now, this is the second time someone easily stopped him by just getting in front of him. Where's he going? Getting his Thor hat? This is the plot of Thor, right? What they they find the hammer. What the plot of wasn't the original Marvel comic like a guy found Thor's hammer and he turns into Thor? He wasn't from Odin and all that stuff. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. He was like pipe smoking, hat wearing, fedora right. wearing. Yeah, he was Walt something. I th they, I think they they figured out a way to kind of get rid of the, get rid of him. Yeah. That that origin story. That character existed, but they they pushed him off. Yeah, no, that it wasn't called Odin, right? What's it called? Thor. No, the uh, city the, he's from. Odin Spear. Asgard. Uh, Asgard. Okay, so now they've got his crown, and he's fucking humiliated. Now no look. look. He starts driving. He goes, drive the other car. Look how he started driving before Mike got out of the... Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird. So now he's taking this to Joe Bogart, and he's going to make things right. Cool. So nothing really happens. it's just that simple, right? It's just yeah. that simple. Now, Weston's going to come and stop him, right? Weston is absolutely going to get in the middle of this. He, I don't think he's going to stop him, uh, but... Should I ruin it for you? No, no. We we barely okay. we're at the third act, right? Weston is absolutely gonna be a cog in the machine. Gotcha. I did what's a capsum? You can spoil that. Because there's capsum? I don't know. What's that? Cigarette, right? I don't know. That is that a sign on the Yeah. I can't ruin it. I wish I could ruin that for you. I can't in at the end of Titanic the ship sinks, okay? Ha, I ruined a film. <laughs> I no, can't. it's the middle, right? No, she's saying someone hits me in the back of the head with the fish and everyone in the whole igloo just sits there. She goes, it was like I was not there, like an alien from another planet. But Weston will open the door just in time to hear her say that. So he'll close the door thinking, oh, she admitted it. She's an alien. Got her. Got her. Like Jack Tripper in Three's Company. Capstan is a British brand of unfiltered cigarettes currently owned and manufactured by Imperial Brands. The brand dwindled in popularity when the health effects of tobacco became more widely known. Few shops okay. They're British cigarettes. With no filter. <laughs> That's like my comedy. Unfiltered. Now look, they're going into a bar, right? They're going into a bar. Now, Weston sees them go into the bar. So there's going to be a in-the-bar incident. Now, he thinks that aliens are in the bar with Ryder. So he's going to go get his two thugs, and they're going to kind of have a shoot-em-out thing. Wow. In this there? 
Now let's listen. Let's listen. Okay. I actually have to close the studio door and open. Okay. Because it's great. You brought it back. You. What is it? The, uh, of the dreams of me, though. It's called by that look like Shirley MacLaine. You people are all strange. I don't want to thank you a lot for that. You get why that's ironic, because she's the strange one. Okay, so Joe Bogart now has the crown, okay? And okay. Leo Weston thinks he's got a finger on the alien. You want to sign back on? Yeah, when it's Joe, when it's Joe Bogart. You want me in showbiz, a star. Look, he's giving him songs from the future. From 1990? That's yeah. a year from now. Songs from the future. So you can turn the sound off, but when Joe Bogart comes on, turn it on, because it's a okay. Meanwhile, I want to play some songs from the future from 1990. People are still having sex. I'm too sexy for this oh, skirt. Too sexy for my... <laughs> wow. Hurts. Music for the future is so crazy. Rider. He said the notes on the map look like his handwriting. Yeah, J.L. Weston killed Ryder last time. Oh. There comes the aliens. They don't look like aliens. Of course they don't look like aliens, you idiots. Hey, can I mention, she talked about Shirley MacLaine, and I thought because she looked as cute as Shirley MacLaine, but this is the 80s when uh -huh. Shirley MacLaine was writing those books about past lives. Right, and she's all about past lives, and that's why it was referenced, yeah. Gotcha. I thought it was because she looked like her from, you know, the apartment or something. Cool. So now he says, Ryder was killed at 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock! It's 10.58 right now. Now he's putting it together who J.L. Weston is. And he's like, he's going to kill him again! Oh, so there is murder in this. Yeah. Well, before Ryder gets the three of them cornered him in his office and, uh, yeah, what's the word? What's the word? Uh, 11 o'clock. It's high 11. <laughs> All right, why aren't they doing it at noon? It's high 11. Sorry, the time difference in Australia. Oh. He got wow! On his head. That's a good way. So there's a little blood, but not too much blood, and he can right. Yeah. Unlike recently, we saw a lot of bloodless killing, right? And those old oh films. my god, they you hear a sound of a pop gun, and then suddenly they just fall down. That was oh, that I've was been a, shot. It was there's the, no the, sound. It was a silent, wasn't it? It. I think it was the whammy jammy zombie. Uh, it was uh, the shape of things to come or whatever. Yes, right. So it was a talkie. Bloodless killing. But there were other ones. There was another black and white we saw. And and I remember Dead End, too. I mean, he was... Oh, right. You can't oh, fake falling off a building, but... So look, 
he wants to save his life. And so he's like, it's too bad. It's too bad. He goes, look, I didn't charge it all the way. I didn't power it. You can't. So Mike has stolen the time thing to go save Ryder's life. Whoa. Now here's our only surfing scene. Yay. Da, 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 da. Uh, Da, 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 da. Nobody gets what we're singing. Da, 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 da. Well, the, the remake of Hawaii Five O has been on the air for like 18 years. Did it have that song? I don't know. I never watched it. Well, he goes, Watch your hand. I never watched it either, the original either. Uh, yeah, watch your hand. But, which doesn't make sense because he's not there to turn on the engine. Right? It didn't make sense when they went a minute back in time to prevent what they did, but they're not there in the room. Right. They're not there in the room. It's like the new them. Yeah. From... So now he's it's... like out of charge or something. Oh, no. Well, he sees... Okay, I don't know if you're recognizing it's the same footage from before. Um, he sees uh, Connie. And so he's like, tells her the story. Let's go save Ryder's life. And Connie just believes in time travel all of a sudden. So Connie. there's Ryder. And what he could do right now is prevent Ryder from going to town. But too late. Too late. So he's got to have enlist Connie to do it. All right. You know what? This film is really good, but I don't want this film to lose me. Don't lose me, film. I understand what's going on. Thank you, Carl. Well, he's going to prevent Ryder from getting shot. That's what he's up to. We're we're back in time. Nobody, nobody treats jail, Weston, like yeah. that. So that guy has two non-dust-related jokes aligned. Yeah, that's right, and that's it. Okay, that's so it. now everything's cool, right? She's just going to... Drive with Connie into town and save Ryder's life, right? What could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? With the Com V that's <laughs> taking them to save Ryder's life. What could possibly go wrong? Uh-oh. Now, look, he's not there with Mike. This is a different future uh, or a different timeline or something. Timeline. J.L. Weston wakes up again. Rise and shine, Weston. Now, remember, when we last left off, Weston and the two thugs were about to burst into the bar and shoot everybody. Right. I don't know why, though. He wants to save the aliens, not shoot them. He's once again discovered they're aliens, you know. Okay. I think I've seen this part. Yes, you have. Uh oh, Batmobile. Oh no, what could possibly fake go wrong with our fake effects? <laughs> Did you see how the wheel rolled right in front of the camera? It was, it was good, Carl, come on. No, come on, it was further behind <laughs> than the car was, so it just logically makes sense. Also, does it help when you hear, and action. Yeah, right. Yeah, cut. Mike. Yeah. Look at that fucking gun he's got, man. Riding sidecar shotgun. That's not a rifle. It's like a Tommy gun or some crap. Yeah. Look at it. It's like a little Uzi. These guys are all dust covered. Come on. Well, they never, they're like outback stereotypes. 
Well, everyone else lives out there. And Stop. Uh-oh, 11. Right. Now they have like a minute to. So what they do is they're screaming to Ryder. Ryder, look out. Oh, it says police station. I guess it's not a bar. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Ryder, look out. Ryder. So JL Weston goes in. They hear a bunch of shots, and they're like, oh, no. We were too late. But they weren't because they yelled at him. Oh, there's a big pile of bloodless humans. Right. (laughs) Of course I'm okay. I can handle these blokes. This lot. Wow, empty cast. He just killed three people? Yeah. And now he gets complaining, complaining. He rolls his eyes. Oh, women. Even though he tricked them to right. get them out there. Who's the jerk? Okay, now. They're all going into the bar. Yeah, we're going to wrap it up. Intriguing. Is it? Is it? I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. Something else could have happened. But I mean, this film is good. It does its job. It keeps you interested. Good, yeah. You're going back in time and then forward. And, and, and now we're going to have some big reveals. Of all the gin joints and blah, blah. Right. right. This is when, at the end of the film, I was like, he's bald? <laughs> Ah, Mike. Yes, Mike. I made a promise to ride out. Michael is your son who you killed with the cricket club. <laughs> what? Yeah, he said, I couldn't tell you because you wouldn't get all grouchy and become a cop and end up here again. It's a little selfish of the alien. Oh, but you're helping an alien. He goes, I need the power capsule. He goes, yeah, but I brought it to you. He goes, yeah, but then you went back again, dummy. Don't you remember? Where's the power capsule? That's what I think. When I saw him following you, guess who's got it? We know who's got it. It's Bowtie Guy. Right. So he, Mike grew up not knowing that he is the son of right he never knew his dad and this was a way to meet his dad now mike will fall into a ditch and joe bogart will turn back time and say look out for the ditch i love it wow that's what i call action (laughs) watch out for the ditch wow that's great they really use the time effects really well Now, there's an action scene going on in which he's chasing the guy for the crown, but we interrupt that action to go to this. He's made the arrangement. He's going back 25 years, and he's going to save his own son's life by not. He's going to have a life in which he knew his son and was raised his son. Mike. Right. Who's banging his best friend. Who's banging his? I guess so. But somehow Connie's like is the um, the uh, niece or something weird. I don't know. I think I would know, but boom, he's gone. 
Back to save your life. So you should be walking in the door. Play it, Sam. Oh, here we go. There we go, Carl, for the sound. Cost them five grand. Listen. We're going to get pulled from YouTube on this. It's worth it. Keep listening. Fundamental things apply. And that's it. It yeah. would cost them more than five grand. Okay, well, now that we played the musical track that got them in legal trouble. They did get them into legal trouble. They couldn't afford a hundred grand. That's right. do time, 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 dooby dooby doo time. Yeah, yeah, time going by. Yeah, well, they should have just switched it to a different As Time Goes By song. Carl, what do you think of the movie? I think that the movie was a good film. I don't think it was a bad film. Um, I think the next film we're going to watch is a pretty bad film. I think this was a good film, and it's too bad that it didn't get a chance to. It 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 probably was a very good looking film too, but we just saw it on VHS, and it never right. made it to DVD. And I mean, I'm sure the the exterior shots were fantastic. Yeah. It was the outback and, you know, a magnificent desert and beautiful big sky country, just like Montana, you know. It's a little weird because, I don't know, it's a good movie. It's definitely a good movie. I just was hoping for more sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. They, they used the – they went back in time, time to warn Mike there's a ditch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, maybe – I don't know. Tenet, it is not, right? Tenet, he would go backwards in time while bullets yep. would forward or something, something interesting. Join us next week. You can by tuning in to Mutiny Radio next Sunday at, at 2 p.m. Subscribe to our YouTube channel to see us in person and watch the movie or Asynced. Or subscribe to our podcast, the OG podcast, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. Carl, what a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank Go you. to carlsucks.com to see where he's performing. It's probably Scotty's and elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with more. friend i wrote this song uh, my turn-ons are satin sheets and waves champagne tickles my nose and i love to paint outdoors listen you should follow me on twitter it's jokes to carl the french duh not the oh, oh, duh. let's watch a full-length movie on
Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. You can watch if you want to. You can slap Spiegelman's behind. L-W-A-F-L-M-N-O-Y-T on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny. Mutiny! It's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! It's, it's pronounced mutiny! Oh, my turn-offs are guys who say mutiny. Mutiny? Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Oh, Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. What an acronym. That's Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hey, Mike. How are we doing today? I'm doing fine. We're, our show is streaming first, as always, every Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm. They have a Venmo site. You can donate money at Mutiny Radio. You can also follow our I fun feedback here. YouTube, YouTube. On YouTube and, of course, as a podcast, right. as our acronym, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Oh. Now, we're going to be watching a full-length movie on YouTube, and we have a very special guest here, the star above the title, the yes. main guy himself, Mr. Eddie Deason. Hi, Eddie. How are you? Hey! Carl and Mike. It's a pleasure to be on your show. My honor. Well, it's, it's great to have you here. Uh, we're going to be watching our favorite movie, Surf 2. I have Seriously. to tell you, Eddie, this, the podcast exists because of Surf 2. I saw Seriously. that at a buddy's house uh -huh. and in the 80s on Showtime. Uh -huh. Never saw it again. Saw the video box at Pathmark. That's it. Been searching okay. decades. Okay. Saw it on YouTube. And I said, these are the movies on YouTube that I've been looking for, like Surf 2. Yeah. Let's do a podcast about it. So, well, fortunately, we live in an age where you can almost get any movie in the world. You can find, so I'm sure you can find it somewhere. But I'm glad you did locate it. And YouTube, of course, is easy. It's free. Uh, I haven't seen it in a long time myself. I've probably seen it maybe like three times. Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, great. We can. And by the way, one more thing. Thank you for your kind words. I really appreciate them. In the YouTube search engine, you put in Surf Two, 1984. And you will find the channel Surf King. That's who we like, Surf King. So it's Surf II, 1984. And then it says PT one half. I don't know why, part half. And Surf King is the channel we like. Now, Mike, I've lost your audio. Unmute yourself, please. Sorry, I just saw uh, a barrage of uh, feedback in my headphones. So I just I turned that off for a split second. We're looking for Surf 2. That's II. It's a very fancy movie from 1982. We have the lead star here, Eddie Deason. We're going to be watching this movie with you, yes. with Eddie. We want you to go find the link, hit it, hit pause, move the timer to zero, zero, zero. We're going to start at the same time watching this movie. Uh, Carl, we'll do our countdown. Take it away, Carl. I will. Okay. Get ready to press play. Ready, Eddie? Mm-hmm. Three, two, one, go. 
I was very excited to watch the video syndrome. I didn't realize it was a director's cut, that there was two different versions of this movie. Yes, there were. And it's a better one, the director's cut. This was probably taken from Star Wars, I imagine, this beginning thing. I bet. Yeah. It seemed like they didn't have any faith in the movie. Like, they had to give an explanation to it. Yeah, yeah. Let's call them Menlo Schwarzer. That's me. Menlo Schwarzer, but they uh -huh. spell it wrong. Schwarzer. You know what? Yeah. You're right. I never noticed that. Good catch. Good catch. Now, they were originally going to call Menlo Stinky, but somebody yeah. objected. I didn't like it. I like Bunny. You call me Bunny. I, Randall Bedard, I thought, was a very good director. I liked them. Some in the cast, at least one cast member didn't get along with him. We'll get, we'll get into that. But I thought he was a fine director. I liked working for him. But I asked that it not be Stinky. I didn't want to be called that. It was just a personal thing. And she called me Bunny. That's why. We could have maybe compromised come up with a funnier name. Anyway, the cinematography is beautiful here. There's actually some beautiful it? shots here. I mean, the movie's not gone with the wind, but the cinematography here is very beautiful. Uh, I'm going to disagree. I think it's better than Gone with the Wind, personally. It's much better than Gone with the Wind. I've seen this movie more times, and it's less problematic, honestly. Uh, I love so Peter this... Isaacson, a dear friend. Peter and I had just done a Magnum PI together a few months before this, and then we worked again. He's one of the nicest guys in showbiz. Excuse me, I'm talking with my mouth. We'll have some cashews in my mouth. Oh, we're watching a movie. Uh, we encourage people to get some cashews, some popcorn, and join us yeah. in watching. Yeah. Now, that, that Peter, that's the guy from... This is what uh, you call a watch party, which would be in a jewelry shop. I <laughs> get it, watch party you know, jewelry. for the watching. <laughs> okay. And Lyle Wagner. My head. I'm trying not to intrude on the movie. Okay, let's see. Oh, no, okay, no, no. Okay, please please intrude. Lucinda and Corinne, I remember them. Yeah, sweet girls, both sweet. Linda Carriage, by the way, the lead will get in her... I have, that's a Freudian slip. We'll get into her later. I was going to say, we'll talk about her later. She's <laughs> we'll talk about, about her. her. Yeah. Morgan yeah. Paul, yes. And Carol Wayne was, we'll get into her later. We'll, I'm sorry. I, I don't, I'm not doing this deliberately. Ron Polio, Horshack, deliberately. With one, you know, I work with John Travolta, of course, in Greece. This is my second sweat. Tom Ballard tragically died of AIDS. He was a very wonderful, sweet guy. He's terrific yes. in this movie. Ruth yes. Buzzy's still active on Facebook. She's still around. She's got to be close to 90. She's a lovely lady, super nice lady. We we heard that someone she joined Twitter because someone was faking her account and she on had to Facebook? come in. Yeah, on on Twitter, had, someone. Well, I had my account was hijacked. I just started a new page. I had to start again from square one. Maybe she didn't just want to start again. Yes, she, she had some funny stuff on her page. Yeah, what happened to your site? Well, I was I had heart trouble. I don't want to get into, but I had open heart surgery. I've been in and out of hospitals for three years with bad heart troubles. I had a stroke. So my oh page my was taken over and it, it just was bad. So I had to start again on Facebook. So I had to get 5,000 friends. You know, a lot of my old ones are there, but some new ones too. Well, now, this... these are our heroes. And these this are, is Johnny Bighead. Yeah, that's now, Josh. Super nice guy. We used to all play poker together during the shoot. Josh, Eric, uh, Jeffrey, me, you know, Marvin, my friend Marvin. Eric yeah. liked greasy pizza, but we'd always order pizza. Eric liked very greasy pizza. I've never, he's a, make sure the pizza's greasy. There's Peter Isaacson, great guy. He is so funny in this movie. There's a scene yeah, where he's hilarious. surfboard. He skateboards the onto the stage. The yeah. mayor from Jaws called, they want his jacket back. He wants his jacket back from Peter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Look how tall he's jacket. a tall guy. We have done, uh, of course, Eric, you know, had just come off Mask, I think, before. One of the greatest performances in movie history, a very dramatic film. Cody Von so, of course, we all know from Blazing Saddles, one of the nicest guys I've ever worked with. Just a super nice guy. He gets a special appearance uh, credit for this movie. He does. Re he's really funny in this film, too. Yeah, he's wonderful. Yeah. I noticed that, too. It said special appearance, but he's yeah. in so much of the film. I think he warrants more than an appearance. You're right. It's more I of guess a cameo. His agent you're right. His agent negotiated that, I I'm sure, but I you're right. It's not really, it's not the right thing to say. You're right. Special, I should well, say special guest star. There's Tom Ballard. There's Tom Ballard. Yes. Oh, they said, don't don't go to the surf. It's, there's someone died, and they said, surf, let's go surfing. Let's go surfing. Oh, okay. okay, now, this movie was um, having a hard time getting distributed. So the producers thought they put a little TNA in it, like off mm -hmm. the strength of Porky's. So that what we buy it. is yeah, right. added footage after mm -hmm. uh, this part here with the girls in the car. That uh -huh. was not part of the filming. That was added later. Okay. It's so the vinegar syndrome shows the original version. Yeah, because it's really strange because uh -huh. they stick their bare ass out. That's oh. plenty. And then my luck, I, my luck, I'd already wrapped by this. Somebody get to see this. <laughs> this is after so the yeah. first PMAS you were talking about on the commentary, Eddie. I don't know if you remember PMAS. PMAS, the perfunctory male ass shot. Yes, the worst yeah, kind of movies today. That's Women the worst line, but please spare, spare us the male ass shots. Please spare us. There's several in this movie. Uh, we yeah. still haven't got to the two gentlemen who come and rip their pants. Okay. Oh, I love Lau Wagner. My dear friend. I love Lau Wagner. Super great guy. He's really funny. Yeah, these yeah. two are great. He's very funny. Ron Leo, one of my great friends. Sadly, he died way too young. He left us way too young. Did and you guys he have was a good the time? one that Randall and, you know, Randall and him would yes. argue a little. No, you're exactly right. They didn't get along for whatever reason. And I, I heard him arguing one time. And all I heard is, if you do that, you're going to be wearing it, Ron said. <clears throat> he said in a menacing voice, like he was going to fight him. So I don't know what exactly happened, but they really were testing with each other. Ron did not like working with Randall. Wow. Now, I, I want I like you to Randall. know, Mike, that Cleavon, the original choice for Blazing Saturn, Saddles, was Richard Pryor. Oh, yeah, Pryor. exactly. Well, you know, the movie was going to be called Black Bart. It was going to be me, Richard Pryor. Yeah, Richard Pryor was supposed to be the guy. I, think I understood he wrote it. Brooks. He wanted to yeah. one, I guess. He did have part uh, hand in writing it. And mm -hmm. they just figured he was a crazy man and he was a very strong star. He'll yeah. have an attitude. He might show up drunk or stoned. Yeah. So they went to Cleavon. Yeah. You see, it kind of proved out later on, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it really brought him to prominence, and he did a great job. And I was laughing my ass off. We all were. Mm -hmm. Yeah, classic. I, I heard a that story movie from was a little before my time. See, the cinematography—that's kind of a good shot. They have a lot of beautiful cinematic shots in this movie. The cinematographer—I don't know who it is, but he did a fantastic job. The surfing is so good in this movie too, and you could tell it's the same people yeah. sometimes, or at least the, the people they have. But then they cut to these ladies getting a little shower. Yeah. So that was added later to try to get a distribution deal, which they did get. It was very limited. Are you are you a fan of surf culture? I know zero about it. I know nothing about it. I'm telling you, so watching these first 10 minutes, this film's growing on me. I really do like it. It's not as bad as I thought. Oh, it has, yeah. 
There was a wave of surfing. A wave of surfing. Carl said there was a wave of surfing. Yeah, I should be the one apologizing. Then the soundtrack is phenomenal on this. It has like Beach Boys and it has modern stuff and both versions of the movie. It's got a great soundtrack. It's got beautiful cinematography. So many great comic actors in this. Yeah. Now it was kind of a straight one. straight, but everybody else is kind of a comedian. Okay, here comes Linda now. Linda will be in this. Now here we have a little bit of joysticks, right, Mike? Mm -hmm. I mean, it feels it like, feels like joysticks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now you you had mentioned I know joysticks was on a set. You had mentioned this was a set, but this is an actual arcade they shot it in. Okay. This was an actual arcade, unlike joysticks in which they built one. And okay. two of the actors, we just saw one of the actresses, uh, the one on the right, Corinne. She was in joysticks. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Now. The, the stuck-on produced stuff, to give it an R rating, also has a star from joysticks in it. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's a weird Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. I did Michael J. Fox's first film. You know, Midnight Madness was his first film. Then he did, uh, Eric Stoltz did um, Back to the Future. He was the first choice. He did that, and they fired him and took on Michael. So I have kind of a Six Degrees of Separation from between me, Michael, and Eric, if you follow Absolutely. that. Do you but, know that story, Mike? The original yeah, I did. Marty McFly. Yeah. Yeah. So the, bo they didn't the box like him set. In Back to the Future. They thought he was too serious. They have the test uh, footage of Eric Stoltz in Back to the Future in the box set. It's buried in there. And he Is does right? play it very seriously. Yeah. He does. Mm -hmm. Like he walks around. He's very intense. Uh, but I had heard that. But that, I guess, occurred after this movie, right? So he didn't have yeah. that cloud over him. Yeah. He's immortal in Mask. This is a great comedy. Yeah. But here's immortality is in Mask. He's so good. Now, you uh, might have seen, like, the footage of his audition, but, Mike, they were shooting with him. He was Marty McFly, and they stopped, like, four or five or six scenes, like, a couple weeks in, and they mm -hmm. said, we got to re... They had to get permission. Yeah, okay. I think they always wanted Michael J. Fox, but he was on that TV show, and they were able to negotiate it. That's and they right. They did that want that That's right. Now, these are the dads, and these are the guys who distribute Buzz Cola. Now, I know you Morgan love Paul. the Simpsons, Mike. You must have heard of Buzz Cola. Yeah. So now the guy, I, were you friends with these guys, Eddie? Like the, they're really funny on in this the set, movie. They were both nice. They were both. Everybody on the set was nice. I didn't dislike anybody. It was, it was a very friendly shoot. I loved everybody. Um, one of the the little guy, I think that's Morgan. He's in Patton. You know, he plays a very serious role in Patton. He does play a serious role in Patton, and I like, like him. Like, 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 Now, also, Mike, not only was he in Patton, but he was in Blade Runner. He was the guy who was interviewing, like, did you ever oh, hear of the turtle? Of course, Same right. Thing. The one who gets shot in the beginning by the replicant, that's him. But he's so broad in this movie. It's, it's amazing. I guess that's the great thing about being a comedic actor. You can play it really straight. Absolutely. Now, his partner was a comedian and he was part of the comedy store and everything. Actually, Eddie wanted to be a comedian. I think that was his first um, uh, dream for Hollywood was being a comedian. Tell us about that, Eddie. I, I did 20 films. I mean, hopefully I was a comedian, but I wanted to be a stand-up comic, but I had a line. 
So I didn't like it. I, I performed plates in Hollywood and I did okay. But then they moved me to Westwood and I tanked. And I just go, this isn't for me. And I was on an old show called The Gong Show where they would gong me if you didn't go good. I don't know if you remember yes. that. But I did my stand-up comedy act. Paul Williams, the singer, gonged me. That was my TV debut. You know, but I didn't like stand-up. I never liked doing it. Some guys thrive on it, you know. You, you did stand anyway, up on the beautiful Linda. What became of Linda? Do you guys know? She's one of the most beautiful. I mean, she has look at that face. She lives in the Blue Mountains of Australia today. She isn't involved with acting at all. I'm did sure. Other films I after can't this? find a picture of her. Okay, did she do other films after Surf too? I don't know, to be yes, honest. I know. Did do other films. Let me just pull it up here. Um, after Surf 2, she went on to, I don't know, Mixed Blood, Vicious Lips, Down Twisted, The Alien from L.A. You did from L.A. Class, but yeah. By okay. 1988, she headed back to Australia, and she was done with the career. Okay. This is probably her only comedy. She's, uh, she's, not, com she's not a comedic actor. She's just beautiful. She she's is not, not a comedic actress. Yeah. No. Yeah. She's she so very different yeah. than everybody else in this whole film. She's very flat. Yeah, everybody else chews up the scenery, but she's like totally straight. Now, Mike, I found out off. this yes. footage was from a TV show. Randall uh -huh. didn't shoot this stuff. Is that right? Okay. Oh, it saved some money. But okay. what was this now, stuff here like? comes our hero, yes. our bad guy hero. Here he is. Who's this guy? Look at him. I remember that guy. Look how young he is. Look how so young. young. Yeah. Do, do nope. you, oh, and a picture of Jerry Lewis in the background. So in the script, Jerry Lewis was there, and Randall wrote this script for Eddie, believe it or not. But the <laughs> thing is, coincidentally, Eddie loves Jerry Lewis. Oh, yeah, I love Jerry. I had a bad meeting with him. I'm like, there's a great story I heard, by the way, on Facebook, if I can relate it real quick. A guy told me about a month ago on Facebook. He wrote me, he said he used to do the lights on the Jerry Lewis telephones every year. And he, him and Jerry were, you know, getting the lights set up right before Jerry went on stage. And he goes to Jerry, he goes, you know, you make me laugh more than almost any actor in the world except for Eddie Deason. And Jerry Lewis said to him, he said, you know, you're not the first person that's ever told me that. Wow. He, How, how's that for flattery? I always, I always had a connection. I couldn't believe he said it, but that story really made my day. That's so great. You now, you had a bad experience? Has... Okay, ahead, this Mike. might be the most acclaimed scene in the movie right here. This is yeah. the most acclaimed scene in the movie. This is totally innovative. I've never seen anything like it before or since. Or it's... since, yeah. And this was like Look a shot. Yeah, no, it's gorgeous. It's so well uh, rehearsed. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's absolutely brilliant. Now, according to Randall, they nailed it. it they did two takes only because they did so much all. practicing ahead of time. Yeah, total professionals, total pros. She was on Fridays, uh, Brenda's camp. Yeah. You know what? You just reminded me, you're right. She was on Fridays. Yeah. She was also in something called After MASH, a, film, a show I never heard mm -hmm. of. I, I, you've never seen that? I've seen that show. It was a mass sequel. It was number one its first week, and then it just tanked in the ratings and went off the air. But they tried to follow up MASH after it went off the air. Fridays, of course, it was kind of like a four-man Saturday Night Live. The breakout yeah. star, of course, was Michael Richards, and he got on Seinfeld later. Now, yeah. we saw Mark Blankfield in The Jerk 2, Mike, uh -huh. and he was straight out of Fridays, and he shares many scenes with her. 
Of course, okay. they were cast members, you know. Okay. Big head. Now, she died. Part of the reason she died, she was 76 years old and she had um, brain cancer. But part of the reason she died was complications from COVID-19. Oh, that's too bad. That's so sad. It is. Now, she was 76. I'm sure she had 20 years left in her. But yeah, COVID was a problem. Now, look, you see it says custom surboards. Yeah. Surboard. You know what? You're right. Good catch. How did they miss that? Well, the, the okay, Randall says that that was a real mistake in real life. And so they added the scene in which uh, Weekend at Bernie's guy is putting in an F. We'll see that yeah. later. Okay. Carol Wayne, I know her as uh, I'm an I Dream a Genie. Not, I love Barbara Eden's my fantasy. Yeah. She was Bootsy Nightingale in one of the funniest episodes of the show. So I remembered her from that. She was a very lovely lady. She was pretty out of it by this time. She was pretty out of it and gone. She, she would say to herself, E.T. phone home, E.T. phone home. She was just a little out of it. I think they were putting her on bad meds, like I have experience with, but I think she was, there was somebody messing with her. So it wasn't just pot? She was on more serious drugs? I think so. It seemed to me she was pretty stoned out. Maybe she was just on pot. I'm not into drugs, I don't know, but she was on something. That's now, Mike, she would go on to pass away a year later. Yeah, in just the last film. Circumstances. Is that she like had, found out? She had an argument with her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, she is missing. And then she washes up on shore. Now, the autopsy says there were no drugs and alcohol. Um, so was she murdered? I mean, it is possible. I don't know. I don't know. But Sounds like a Colombo episode. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Now they have. He was very sweet. She's she's good in this movie too. Uh, I mean, especially with this, very good. the the scene. Everybody played their roles well. I don't think anybody's really mad. Everybody played their roles well. Well, there is the argument that Linda, but I don't know. I think maybe it was just her personality. She was pretty flat. Uh huh. Okay, now here Good we have point. the producers add-on scenes, and you can see it's a Rolls Royce. Uh -huh. And they, one they of were, these guys is named Fred Asparagus. That's his name. We saw another movie with Fred Asparagus. We've had this conversation. I don't Do know if tell? it was. Was it ever on movie? Fred Astaire or something? Maybe it was one of those National Lampoon movies, Mike. Oh. Yeah. No, I think it was his actual name, or or definitely his stage name. We could see the added stuff, like this is added. Yeah. Now we're gonna see the perfunctory male ass shot that we don't want. Yes, yeah, the most destructive trend in movie making. Blech. Well, there you go. I did enjoy your, your commentary on the Vinegar Syndrome uh, track, and you had mentioned that this movie goes from, like, the comedy scene of the, the duplex to yeah. these guys' butts. Like, it, it yeah. has a, quite a range to this movie. Mm -hmm. High and low. Now, here comes Eddie again in a very oh, funny scene. Right. I'm a Jew dressed like an Arab. That's right. Yeah. And this is in Santa Monica, I guess. Uh, this Venice was Beach. Santa Monica Beach, which I love. I love filming there. There I am, my towel head. Nice cola. 
You know who now, has that joke now? You know who has that joke now, by the way? And I always wonder if they got it as a homage to this movie, The Simpsons. You know, The Simpsons, they drink Buzz Cola. Buzz Cola, yes. Yeah, is that a tribute to Surf 2? Or did that just I, happen to come up? You know, this, this movie has Buzz with three or four Zs, and Simpsons has two. I think it was a reference, and The Simpsons blew up and became an institution, and the reference yeah. is now part of their lexicon without any reference. Lexicon, we started it. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to talk to the writers if that happened. Now, look uh, how lucky Eddie is. Look, Linda's yeah. touching, mm -hmm. got his arm. <laughs> look how lucky he is. Stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> I hate those. Oh, she surfers. likes the surfers. Yeah. Look at that one. He's got a face like a Rottweiler. I remember. That. I remember right, that's like. right. This movie is so funny because it's like California surf culture saying we don't like punk rock music. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, in real life, Randall really hated the punks. And oh, is that right? I didn't know that. Yes. So he wrote this thing in one single weekend. He had had a surfing accident and a surfboard went through his cheek. So he was on all sorts of painkillers and his own recreational drugs from being a young person. And he, he, okay, this is one of my favorite scenes because this is clearly missionary. Uh-huh. What's going on? Do you want that sound? I think it's best if we just sit here and wait, you know, and take Harry Kaiser. Well, we, we always know him as Weekend and Bernie, so to actually see him speak yeah. is fantastic. Weekend and Bernie's. Now, he was in over 40 credits, and we think of him as Bernie's, but he was yeah. always in films. You know, I remember reading an, a Playboy centerfold where they had Weekend and Bernie's. They had him in character next to topless women bathing. <laughs> really? <laughs> now, look at this tacky. great scene. Isn't this sexually titillating? I mean, that's missionary times, too. You're right. Never thought of it. Never thought of it. It's Come a very on. sexual film, you're right. I'm sure millions of women fantasize about me watching this movie. <laughs> well, they got Prime Eddie in this movie. <laughs> okay, now, this is one of the greatest scenes in the film. Okay. Now, a strange thing happens. They throw, like, a tear gas canister, and through magic, it ends up inside the shack. It's very strange. Well, it blows up, and they survive. It's a, definitely a cartoon movie. Well, that's another thing. Like a tear gas canister makes an explosion. Does that make okay, sense? And they this live. Is honestly, the first thing I don't remember. Let me see this. I don't remember this. Oh, here, I'll crank it up for you. Flames are breaking right. I'm just fucking totally vertically, all right? I look right. Water. I look left. In Water. this scene, Eric is drunk oh, for the first time oh, in his life, God. literally. We're talking greater, right? And then this cat, this cheetah, I look at he's a total cheetah, comes in. I, I had to stop it, but they're the girl. The ladies are going to distract them. They're tired of this surf surf talk, so they they're going to take their tops off. Right. Oh, However, okay. their girlfriends are jealous, and they're going to call and say they're they're attacking the these girls, and the cops come. So it, things will get okay. escalated. But it's pretty obvious it's them. It's the only parked car on the beach. No, Eric had never been drunk in his whole life, and Randall thought he should have a little bit of alcohol for this scene, so he felt very sick. Interesting. Good trivia. That's my job. Okay, here comes Chef Boyardee and yep. Inspector Underpants. Right. Inspector Underwear and Knitter's Underpants. 
No, you're right. You're right. Under. Underwear? Underwear, I thought. Underwear. <laughs> you're totally right. It's underwear. Yeah, I mean, well, my, maybe yeah. I'll turn the sound up when we get there because, yeah, they're going to go through the book and Lyle will be misreading and Horshack will tell it's very funny. Get a couple more cops involved. Yeah, over the top squat here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. They're happy about it. Here come the boobs. You guys are nude. Very impressive. Isn't that funny? They just keep going. Anyway, okay, here you go. This is Carl's first Bring it up now. All right, we know you're in there. So home on out. Home on out. So come on out with your fans. Oh, I remember this. Pants. Poor girl. Do they feel bad when they have to film this? I wonder when we have to do this. <laughs> right on the commentary you're talking about them coming to hollywood trying to be the next katherine hepburn yeah. and they end up in surf too yeah no i don't yeah you wonder hmm. funny the, okay, it's now, funny the courses our, our lives take <laughs> who knows i'm sure they weren't expecting this now it's all it's got to be bulletproof because none of the bullets are getting through but yet yeah. this guy's gonna lob a canister of tear gas and it's gonna go right inside here well, he goes this film does introduce itself as a cartoon with Big Head eating the grate up front. So we kind of, suspension is disbelieved. Yeah, eating the fence. And that was fake, by the way. And you can tell because the gray spray paint ends up on Big Head's tongue. Right. But it does set the tone of this movie that, you know, yeah. no one's really going to get hurt. And I wonder you do... what it was made of. Yeah, it looks like licorice or something like that. It's Definitely like, spray yeah, paint. Yeah. Chaplin Shoe, Charlie Chaplin Shoe in the Gold Rush. Yeah, yeah, it was that fabric. The effects are good in this movie. The zombies are very uh, fun. Yeah. They are effective. And this is the early they... days of punk rockers, I guess. And it's funny, if you look at this cycle of like, a lot of girls have that kind of makeup. Now, I'm looking at the punk faces. Girls like to dress up like that now, as much as the guys. With the blue the streak of hair. Yeah, with all that stuff on their face. Yeah, two-color hair, stuff on their lips. Yeah. I love how Ron is, you know, he's on oh, he a cigar too. He grips that cigar the entire time. Yeah. Right, so that, I guess they have to go to jail for this uh, issue. Mark, you've been seriously hurt in there. Not a chance. They will go ask him past their panties. <laughs> 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 okay. Now here's Jocko. And as you know, Sparkle lured him and John, and now they're zombies because they drank Buzz Cola. Right. Now, in this scene, Tom Villard, or a scene that's coming up, is going to freak out. And when they were shooting it, Eric Stoltz, I mean, they were really scared, and Jeff were really scared that he was going to hit them and hurt them. 
I'm, I'm laughing at the scene because they say, why don't you get something to eat? And there's like a, a stalk of celery just hanging out there. And he goes straight for yeah. the motor oil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tom had that funny way of walking like a zombie. Nobody else could do it like him. He had that shaky walk. Nobody else could zombie walk like him. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I've seen him in One Crazy Summer. We got it made and a lot of other stuff. And Yeah, uh, he, we've got it made, right? That show that flopped. But I, I watched it because of Tom. He yeah, me good. too. He deserved better. He, he left us much too soon. Now, he was in Greece, too, and I think you were in that as well. I was in Greece, too, barely. I'm still trying to think where was Tom in Greece, too. What did he play? My friend Stevie said he was in that, and I don't know where he was. What did he play? I don't know. I only know from IMDb credits that he was in that. My wife probably knows. And he is a Star Trek connection, Mike. He was in Deep Space Nine. Okay. Tom Villard. Oh, wow. There's so a lot of stuff. Yeah. Now we're having a delivery of Bud's Cola, and mm -hmm. we will have. Look how young you are, Eddie. Look uh, at that. Great fashion. Yeah. Young stud. Yeah, you got the, the handcuffs on the side and the suspenders. Yeah. yeah. Now, Eddie, I understand that you graduated high school and went straight to Hollywood. Tell yes, us your motivation. I came out the next day. I wanted to be a comedian. Well, I worked at my dad's jewelry store. I had worked there, and I fell asleep in the display window. And dad fired me, so I couldn't do that. Dad offered to buy me a Dairy Queen franchise there, and I didn't want to run a Dairy Queen. So dad said, tell you what, I'll give you $400 a month. This is 1975, remember? Yeah. He goes, I'll send you $400 a month. You can live on that. Try making it in Hollywood. So he'd send me $400 a month, and I got greased within two years. I left out. Terrific. In those days, yes. four, yeah, 400 was enough in those days. My rent, I think, was 125 a month. And the rest wow. bought me food, you know, and in, in, in that in those years, I would pay. Nowadays, you know, $400, you, you'll survive for like a week on that if you're lucky. I think with inflation, $400 is like $4,000, $5,000 now. Yeah, exactly. My dad was a very generous man. Well, I guess he had a little bit of money if he's throwing around Dairy Queen franchises and $400 yeah. checks. He was a great businessman. That's great. We didn't get on that great. You know, we had a lot of fights and all, but he was, when it came down to it, he was a really good father. I should have been a better son to him. I wish I was, better, I was a better son. We all have that wish, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Hindsight is perfect. Okay. Yeah. Now, Linda is a nerdy girl from high school, right. but Menlo or Bunny has figured out how to give her like a beautification machine. And this yeah. is what keeps her pretty. And this is why she must be uh, on board with him and yeah. helping him so that she doesn't revert back to nerdism. Making, yeah, making that knockout a nerd. Is, it's amazing metamorphosis, isn't it? This it's is such a Randall's jarring image. Brainchild in uh, one weekend of painkillers. He came up yeah. with all of this. <laughs> it's such a, it's such a jarring image. Putting, you, putting the trivia I never knew. That's interesting. What did Randall do? Now, did Randall work after this movie? Yes, and as a matter of fact, this movie was a bit of an embarrassment, and he would be in some, you know, like somebody's office, and when they find out that he did surf too, lots of times that was it. The interview was over. His agent oh. hated it. His yes. agent said, this is the worst piece of shit I've ever read, uh -huh. you know, because he was writing family things. He had never done a comedy. He was right. writing dramas. Right. You know? Interesting. Now, this is another great moment in this scene. Like, I would never expect to see this in a movie. They're kind of reenacting, I guess, like the Mark Twain frog story, but 
that well, have the chariots um, of fire music. Right, chariots oh, yeah, they of fire. Or something. Yeah, they're racing frogs. Yeah, and they, and they have this fake. Oh yeah, of fire music. chariot of fire. Yeah, chariots of fire. <clears throat> Which was on everybody's mind because it was late seventies. What was it? Seventy eight, seventy nine. Oh, eighty three. Right. Super on people's mind. Now, could chariots of fire suit us for plagiarism? Can they do that, or, or do you have license to steal like that? You, they probably not every note. Not every the, note. Right. No, they didn't. You, you can take the song and then change a note or two and get away with it. And that's oh, is that how they do it? Yeah. Interesting. That's interesting. Put down that beaker, Borker, or yeah, what was the line? Okay, right, right, right. Put down that Booker Beaker, yeah, yeah. Not too labored. Look how well dressed Cleavon is in all this scene. You know, yeah, he's great. What a what a wonderful, nice man. 